Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I am proud to announce that Food Pharmacy, one of the biggest health brands in Sweden, is now launching its highly acclaimed blog as well as books and podcasts in English. Food Pharmacy is eager to take its award-winning Scandinavian concept and share it with the rest of the world and to contribute to the fight against the global burden of lifestyle-related diseases. In 2014, Lina Nertby and Mia Klasa started Food Pharmacy, embarking on a long, sometimes meandering, often magical journey towards their goal of improving public health. Along the way, they've spoken with a variety of experts and professionals in various fields related to health and lifestyle. In this podcast series, you'll meet a few of them. Be a part of the journey. This is The Food Pharmacy Show. And warmly welcome to another episode of the Food Pharmacy Show. Today I'm excited to welcome Jessie Inschaupse. She's the founder of Glucose Goddess and the author of Glucose Revolution, an international bestseller translated into 40 languages. Jessie is a biochemist and a product developer. I mean, you are like a rock star within the area of glucose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so happy to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. So your Instagram and international bestseller Glucose Revolution has helped an enormous amount of people all over the world with everything from PCOS, PCOS, wait, PCOS uh, diabetes type 2, fatigue. I mean, you name it. Let's take it from the beginning. What is glucose? Ooh, my favorite question. <laughs> so glucose is the energy that every cell in your body uses. So right now my hand cells are using glucose to move my fingers. Your eye cells are using glucose to look at me. My tongue cells are using glucose to speak. Every single cell in your body needs glucose for energy. And as human beings, the main way that we give glucose to our cells that want it is through eating foods. Specifically through eating starchy foods, so that's bread, rice, potatoes, pasta, etc. Starchy foods and sweet foods, so anything that tastes sweet from an apple to a cookie. So in these starchy and sweet foods, there is glucose. And so you might think, okay, I want to have a lot of energy. I want my body to be fueled and like super pumped all the time. So I should just eat as much starchy and sweet foods as possible. That's a pretty logical step to take, but actually it's not true. So what happens is that your body needs some glucose, but if you give your body too much glucose, then problems start happening. It's a little bit like 
if you're trying to keep a plant alive in your apartment, you, need, you know you need to give the plant a little bit of water, but if you give the plant too much water, then the plant dies. So yeah. the human body is the same. Some glucose is really good, but too much and problems start happening. And so there's one thing that's called a glucose spike, mm -hmm. and that is a very rapid increase in the glucose in your body after eating. And these glucose spikes are the ones that create a lot of symptoms for us. And the glucose spikes is what I teach people to avoid. So why is it important for someone who wants to live healthy to keep track of their glucose levels or spikes, as you call it? Because when we have glucose spikes, they affect so many parts of our health, physical and mental. They create cravings, they can affect our hormones, our fertility, our mental health, our sleep. And long term, they can lead to the development of things like type 2 diabetes or increase one's risk of cancer or Alzheimer's. For a long time, you know, we thought only if you have diabetes, you should worry about glucose levels. Mm. Otherwise, don't worry. But in the past few years, we've actually discovered that the majority of the population has these glucose spikes every day, even if they're not diabetic. And that was the huge discovery that changed so much. And now more and more studies are coming out showing us that these glucose spikes affect us on a daily basis. They can make us really hungry all the time. They can make us crave sugar and feel addicted to sugar. They can affect our fatigue, you know, make us like chronically fatigued. They can affect even our personality and how mm. nice we are to other people. So it's really important to learn to study them. And it's not very hard, which is, I think, the very important message here is that to avoid glucose spikes, there are things you can do that are very, very easy and that will help you feel better soon. I will ask you about that a little bit later, mm -hmm. but you talked about these glucose spikes and I read in your book that some glucose spikes are more harmful than others. Would you please tell us a bit about that? Absolutely. So as I mentioned, glucose exists in starchy foods and sweet foods. The thing is, in a sweet food, there's also another molecule that goes hand in hand with glucose and the other molecule is called fructose. And this fructose molecule, it doesn't make a glucose spike. It doesn't show up on the glucose monitor if that's what you're wearing, but it has very deep consequences on your health. Fructose is even more harmful than glucose. So all this to say that a glucose spike from a starchy food is actually much less bad for you than a glucose spike from a sweet food because the glucose spike from the sweet food also has this fructose in it. Mm. So can we take two examples so Absolutely. everyone understands glucose from pasta? Like pasta, yeah. So in pasta, there's just glucose, mm. okay? And then if you take like a cake that mm. tastes sweet, in a cake, there's glucose and fructose. Mm. The fructose is kind of invisible. You know, you don't see it. You, you don't see it on a glucose monitor, but it hurts your liver. It increases inflammation. It increases heart disease problems. It's really quite a big issue. So the reason I wrote that in the book is because for some of us who wear a gluc continuous glucose monitor, you I'm might see... I've been doing see... it a lot, actually, oh, back yeah? and forth. It's interesting. so interesting, right? Mm. So you might see, you know, if you eat pasta and then a cake, you might see the same glucose spike. It might be even the same size. Mm. But what you don't see on the glucose monitor is the fructose from the sweet food. So I don't want you to think that the pasta and the cake did the same thing to your body because the glucose spike was the same because of the hidden fructose in the sugar that you have to keep in mind. That always means that a sweet food is always worse for you 
than a starchy food. Mm. That is very good to remember mm. because I guess we have all felt the huge cravings. I mean, when you just need to have something and then if you have to choose, yeah, always go for the starchy food. So for example, sometimes, you know, it's the afternoon and I really want to eat like a cake or something. Mm. Then I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll have some rice instead. Maybe I'll have yeah. some like some bread instead because I know, oh, in the rice and the bread, there's no fructose. So mm. I'm making a better choice for my body. Mm. That's a very good life hack. Mm -hmm. I read uh, that you say that a vast majority, as much as 90% of us, are walking around with too high glucose levels and often without knowing it. Yeah. That is a crazy figure. Isn't that wild? Yeah, so some American studies say that about 90% of the population has glucose spikes from eating normal foods, you know, even if they're not diabetic. And so the estimates, they need to come out in each country. And, you know, it would be amazing to see in Sweden what that number is. But so far, we know it's probably a very high number, probably up to 90%. And so what's interesting about this is if you're somebody who has, let's say, cravings, chronic fatigue, you're tired all the time, maybe you have acne, psoriasis, eczema, maybe your period is not very regular if you're a female, maybe you feel inflammation in your body, maybe your mood is unsteady, you know, these might very well be just the signs that you're having glucose spikes. Mm. And often we think, oh, I'm just somebody who has eczema or I'm just somebody who is really tired yeah. throughout the day, right? But what I discovered is that these are actually messages from your body. Your body is trying to tell you, hello, hello, this glucose spike's happening inside. So it's important to think, okay, probably I'm having glucose spikes. Let me try to avoid them. And then you can see how much better you feel and which symptoms go away. Mm. And that's a super powerful place to be. Mm. Yeah, it sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so as I said, I followed you on Instagram for quite a while now, and you have so many simple and useful life hacks to monitor glucose levels. Could you just help us out here? What are the best life hacks to someone who wants to uh, get rid of the worst uh, glucose, glucose spikes. spikes? So these hacks are all uh, things that I found in scientific studies that have come out in the past few years. And so I distilled them into these 10 principles that are in my book, Glucose Revolution. So let's start with maybe the most surprising one or one of the most surprising ones. So one of the hacks is when you're eating a meal, make sure to eat the vegetables in the meal first. Mm. The order in which you eat your food matters. In the studies, they show that if you just do that, if you just switch the order and have the vegetables first and anything that contains glucose last, you can reduce the glucose spike of the meal by up to 75%. Mm. That's crazy. So up to 75% without changing what you're eating, mm. just by changing the order. Because in the veggies, there's this really cool substance called fiber. And fiber, when you eat it first, before anything else, it does like a very cool trick. It deploys itself <laughs> in the upper part of your intestine and it makes like a protective mesh. And that protective mesh prevents your body from absorbing too much glucose coming down afterwards during the rest of the meal. So it's a very easy hack to start with. And uh, just start today, like if you're listening and you find this resonating with you at your next meal you know have the veggies first and anything that has glucose last and see if you feel different for most of us the effect is quite immediate actually 
you feel much less tired after the meal, you have way fewer cravings. Mm. And those are just the short-term signs that your glucose is steadying. Mm. And in, in between, you have the meat and Proteins fat and, and fats, yeah. yeah. And so the most important part of this is really to have the veggies first. If afterwards you want to have a mixed dish with like the proteins and the fats and the carbs together, that's actually like fine. Mm. But the most important is to really think, okay, let me have a starter that's based around veggies. And you could even like make a bunch of veggies on the weekend and keep them in your fridge. And then before every meal, you know, take them out. Maybe it's some roasted cauliflower with some tahini and sea salt. And that can be, that can be your protective fibrous vegetable starter. Breakfast. Mm. What's the that, typical th breakfast in Sweden? This is like I changed my breakfast a few years ago when I when I learned what I think you are about to say. Yeah. But a typical breakfast in Sweden, it is a, a very starchy breakfast. So we have like um, granola and um, um, fruit yogurt. Yeah. You know, uh, bread with uh, jam. So or starchy like and that. sweet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that's really interesting. And in most you know, countries, that's actually what's happening now. Most people are having starches and sugars for breakfast on a completely empty stomach when actually the breakfast is the worst time to have starches and sugars. Let me explain. So in the morning, after you've slept, your body is really empty. Your stomach is very empty. So anything that arrives into your digestive system is going to make its way very quickly into your bloodstream. So if you eat something that contains glucose, so starches or sugars, it will immediately go to your bloodstream and create a glucose spike. The glucose spike itself has you know, these side effects, inflammation, aging, etc. But also, if your breakfast creates a glucose spike, the rest of your day is going to be more deregulated. So we always say breakfast is the most important meal of the day, it's also the most impactful on your glucose levels. So if you have a spike at breakfast, your whole day, you're gonna be going up and down this roller coaster, feeling really hungry and having a craving and needing to eat every 90 minutes. Then you're gonna feel a bit tired and sleepy, you're gonna need some more sugar, and you're just setting yourself up for a whole day of just being kind of a victim to your glucose roller coaster. Instead, the hack is instead of a sweet breakfast, have a savory breakfast that is based around protein. Now, if you do this, your entire day changes because you're no longer on this crazy roller coaster of glucose levels. Mm. Your energy is steady, you don't have all these cravings, you're not hungry all the time, and you're helping your body medium-term and long-term on top of feeling better during the day. And there's one big myth that I grew up with that I wanna talk about. The big myth is that in the morning, you need to have sugar to give your body energy. Mm. And it's really not, not the case because something sweet gives us pleasure, dopamine in the brain. So it makes us feel like quite awake for a little while. We feel very perked up. But actually, a glucose spike and sugar is hurting your mitochondria and your cells' ability to make energy long-term. So it's really exactly the opposite of what we've all been told. Sugar is not good for energy. Sugar is good for pleasure, but long-term, your energy is going to be in the toilet. Mm. Very important, because I think that still many people believe this. Absolutely. Abs and it's not their fault. You know, we've been brought up like this. I mean, mm. I used to eat an Nutella crepe and orange juice every mm. morning for breakfast. And, you know, like nutritionists used to say that this 
it was a good breakfast because mm-hmm. it had sugar, and so it was important to have sugar in the morning. Things evolve, you know. The world changes, science evolves, but I'm really passionate about making sure people have the latest information so that they're not, you know, eating based on 10-year-old outdated yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Uh, you also have something else that you often say. You say, put clothes on your carbs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that expression. Love yeah. Okay, fantastic. So carbs or carbohydrates is what we call the family of foods that turn into glucose. So starches or sugars. Those are carbs. And as I just explained for the breakfast thing, if you have carbs on their own, so for example, if you have a piece of bread on its own, or if you have, I don't know, some chocolate on its own, well, the glucose in these carbohydrates is going to land in your stomach, in your empty stomach, and then very quickly go to your bloodstream. So here's what you do. If you want to eat those carbs, which is completely fine, but you want to reduce their glucose spike, what you do is you put clothing on your carbs. So clothing is protein, fat, or fiber. So for example, if you want to eat some bread, put some cheese or some fish on it. If you want to eat some chocolate, have it with some nuts, you know? Mm. Just kind of try to combine things so that your meals or your snacks are never just pure carbs. And that's going to allow you to still have all the pleasure from mm. the carbs, but without creating the cravings roller coaster and without creating the glucose spike that has so many side effects. And that's really like my philosophy. It's like teaching people to eat the carbs that they love and that give us pleasure with a minimal impact on our health. Mm. I mean, this uh, you also write that uh, talking about putting clothes on your carbs, you also write that a dessert is much healthier than a snack. Yeah. And that's the same theory behind. Yeah. Same concept. So if you want to eat something sweet, the worst time is breakfast or between meals naked. Mm. The best time to eat your favorite cake is dessert. Mm. after a meal so if you i heard that in sweden you have this concept of fika yeah that's yes. that's terrible <laughs> so i was just everyone learning, loves it of i was course. just learning today about this and so maybe you know one tip for somebody who loves the fika is to instead of having it between meals you have it at the end of your lunch or at the end mm. of your dinner i know it can t- take a little bit of getting used to but if you're somebody who relates to any of the symptoms that i talked about earlier you know, you should make sure that you're avoiding glucose spikes so you can feel better and be happier. So that's an easy other hack that's in my book. Sweet stuff as dessert, yes, between meals, mm, not so good for the glucose levels. Mm. For many years, I was living on glucose spikes. I mean, I was living with a glucose that went on a roller coaster. And the fika was basically my, the savior of the day because at like, four o'clock every day, I went down to the tube station, the underground, and I bought like buns or, you know, something for the whole office. And everyone (laughs) was so happy, happy. you know, always to have this fika. (laughs) And I realized now in hindsight, uh, I mean, I wasn't even hungry. It was just my, you know, I needed another glucose spike. And actually, um, in my book, I want to show you because... I have the glucose roller coaster that you're talking about. I think it's chapter six. Um, and it's such a common thing that people experience this just full day glucose roller coaster. There we go, it's here. It's page 114 of Glucose Revolution. 
and you see this is the glucose levels during a whole day of somebody mm, who's wow. on that roller coaster. Yeah, right? it was me. It was you. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Another very surprising hack that I found in the science is vinegar. So the scientific studies are quite interesting. They show us that if we have one spoon of vinegar before a meal, any kind of vinegar in a big glass of water, we can reduce the glucose spike of the meal by up to 30% without changing the food we're eating, just mm. by adding the vinegar. And so you can have it in a drink, but you can also just make a little vinaigrette, yeah. like a little vinegar sauce, and put that on your vegetables at the beginning of the meal. It's quite cool. And the scientists have discovered that this works because vinegar has a molecule in it called acetic acid. And acetic acid actually slows down how quickly carbohydrates break down into glucose mm. in your digestive system. And acetic acid also goes to your muscles and tells your muscles to soak up more glucose from your bloodstream. So that's a really cool hack as well. But uh, yeah, in the book there are 10 and they're all kind of easy like this, very surprising based on recent science. And my hope is that people will go through the 10 and then just like pick the ones yeah. that work best for them. Mm -hmm. It's really up to you to compose your music with the, with the glucose hacks. I really love the apple cider vinegar because I, I often take it as a substitute for a drink. Yeah. Like if uh, if you feel I can't drink, I can't have wine today. Yeah. Then it's so nice to just have so nice. some bubbly water. With sparkling with, water, yeah, absolutely. That's perfect yeah. before the food. Absolutely. When everyone else is drinking wine. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So we talked about that there are links to all kinds of diseases. Would you claim that the fact that that many of us, I mean about 90%, uh, have uh, too many glucose spikes in a day is a big reason behind the rising in lifestyle diseases? I think it kind of goes hand in hand or they both influence each other. You know, there's so many factors that are increasing all these chronic diseases that we're having. One being the food we have access to these days being very high in carbs and sugars and starches. Two, like all the other inflammatory things going on and the lack of education. 
So yes, it's definitely one of the factors. It's not the only one. You know, mm. there's many other things going on. But the way I see it is that since most of us have glucose spikes, most of us should learn how to avoid them as a baseline for our health. Mm. This should be like the pillar on which we build our healthy life. And it should be sort of the giants that we lean on to be mm. able to operate in a world that's so full of processed foods and et cetera, et cetera. So to me, it's a very important place to start and we will all be healthier and reduce our risk of chronic diseases, lifestyle diseases, if we balance our glucose levels. That's an absolute fact. Mm. In Sweden, at least, I don't know how it is uh, in France, but yeah. there has been a discussion about glucose spikes and cancer. Mm. And um, what what would you say about that? The risk of cancer when you are on regular glucose spikes? So what I can tell you is what the science tells us, which is two things. So one, we know that some tumors feed off of glucose and sugar. And so that when you reduce the glucose available, some of these tumors will actually like have decreased supply and can shrink in size. Secondly, Glucose spikes increase inflammation. That's one of the main processes that happen in our body. And we know that cancer is an inflammatory disease. So when you reduce the glucose spikes, you reduce the inflammation, you increase your chance of being able to avoid getting cancer or fight cancer, right? It's all very interconnected. And you know, for a very long time, we thought that food had no impact mm. on the risk of cancer, right? Mm. And now we know that's not true at all. We know that there are things we can do to prevent it from arriving or once we have it to, you know, fight it mm. more, uh, more strongly. So, I mean, the link is still evolving, but from what I see, it's pretty clear that it's really important to balance your glucose levels if you want to reduce your risk or fight cancer more effectively. And of course, there are other things you need to do, like exercising, having good medical care, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. Stress is also uh, a factor. It's a complex disease, but glucose levels is definitely a part of it. Mm. Apart from cancer, Alzheimer's and depression yeah. are very widely spread today. I think that Alzheimer's is the leading cause of death in UK, at least. Really? Yes, it is. I, Michael mostly told me when I met him. I was, I didn't know. Wow. Um, and Alzheimer's is actually called now diabetes type, type three diabetes. Yeah. Yes, because. The cells in our brain, mm. they're also, they also rely on glucose. And so when you have glucose spikes, they also feel the side effect of the spikes. You know, they feel the aging and they feel the inflammation from the spikes. And now we're calling Alzheimer's type 2 diabetes because we're discovering that in the brain of people who have Alzheimer's disease, there is insulin resistance mm. of the brain cells, meaning that the brain cells can no longer have the energy they need the communication between the brain cells gets slowed down, so mm. it just doesn't work very well anymore. It's a very interesting, very interesting piece of the health space. I think it's. I think we're going to learn a lot in the next few years, for sure. Mm. When we talk about brain health, that basically not only Alzheimer's mm -hmm. and depression, but in general everything. Brain fog. Like we know that glucose spikes are linked to brain fog, to more anxiety and to more depression symptoms. Mm. So truly. You know, because every cell in your body, from your brain to your toes, uses glucose, and because they all feel a glucose spike. A glucose spike doesn't happen just in your blood. Like, the glucose spike happens everywhere in your body. 
we measure glucose in the blood so we think oh my glucose is yeah. just in the blood but actually the spikes happen everywhere and so your cells they get overwhelmed by these spikes and depending on which organ they're in it's going to create different kinds of issues but for sure if you're somebody who you know suffers from difficult mental health episodes you should definitely have a look at what you're eating and try to avoid these spikes and the mental health angle is actually why i first got interested in glucose because in my early 20s i started developing a lot of mental health issues like depression anxiety dissociation all that stuff and i wanted to figure out how to feel better and i was very lost and it was very confusing but i went on this quest i was like i need to figure out what to do so i studied biochemistry to understand the body and then i worked in genetics for five years to understand dna and then i came across glucose and the science of glucose and for me it was transformative i was able to see that my glucose spikes were triggering these mental health episodes that i was suffering from for like a decade and then i had no idea why they came about mm. it seemed like it was random but then once i learned about glucose and i wore a glucose monitor i was able to see such a strong and tight correlation and that completely changed everything for me so mm. i was like wow if this is affecting my mental health what else is it affecting turns yeah. out it affects everything and depending on you the state of your body you know your antecedents whatever your health is the glucose spikes might create different symptoms you know mm. maybe for you the symptoms is like you get pimples on your face maybe for somebody else their period stops like who knows mm. but glucose spikes affect each and every one of us but how they express themselves or how your body tries to tell you about them varies mm. so what apart from uh, mental issues did you feel were getting better when you uh, started to monitoring the spikes god honestly so much stuff it was really shocking to me because i came at it for the mental health and then i realized oh this is how much energy i'm supposed to have in a day i'm yeah. not supposed to be tired i'm not supposed to be starving at 11 a.m all these things that i just thought were me or like i used to have really bad period cramps like always i don't have any cramps anymore it's just gone and that's you know? wonderful all the hormonal stuff uh, and that's a story i hear very often from my readers they're like oh you know i came to your book because i wanted to reverse my prediabetes and now i realize like oh my god all my hair has grown back you yeah. know <laughs> i i actually read that <laughs> yeah is not wild yeah. um so a lot of things get better really they do and it's quite cool to understand that a lot of the symptoms you've been having or a lot of the traits that you thought were just you like you're somebody who gets hangry or you're somebody who has bad acne or you're somebody who xyz actually it might not be the case it might just be that your whole life you were having glucose spikes every day and so the glucose spikes were creating the symptoms mm -hmm. but if you fix it maybe you're actually not a person who has all of these symptoms you're somebody who has a lot of energy and feels great all the time mm. i mean it it's it sounds so simple mm -hmm. yeah but if you've been uh, I would call myself a former food addict mm. almost because I, I, I was just uh, craving on starchy food and sugary food and I had everything with a great pleasure because uh, I mean I, I just loved uh, food and I, I didn't understand why I shouldn't mm -hmm. have that kind of food. Mm -hmm. um, so I confused uh, pleasure with my true needs yes. in a way. I felt but I want this but now I realize it was the brain the receptors in the brain like 
I was a smoker before as yeah. well. And my body didn't want me mm -hmm. to smoke, but my brain wanted it. There's a part in our brain that uh, is in charge of our cravings. Mm -hmm. And the scientists, scientists have shown that uh, when your glucose levels are low, the craving center in your brain activates. And your brain is like, oh my God, I need to eat sugar. I need to have carbs. And actually, that's just a biological response to the low glucose that usually happens after a spike, right? So you feel like it's you, but actually it's probably the glucose roller coaster creating all these symptoms. Mm. And what I like seeing is that people go from a place where they felt addicted or controlled by food or these really intense impulses, kind of like what you're describing, mm. to a place where to a place of like pleasure and joy, which is like, I don't need to eat something sweet right now. But if I see something I really like and you know I want to have it, I'll have it. But mm. it's a slightly different relationship you have with food now. You're not mm. just eating something sweet, anything that's in the mini bar around you. It's more like a conscious choice. And also um, it could be something else than sweets. And that's wonderful. It could actually be a really nice salad, which sounds yeah. so boring to someone who is you know, mm -hmm. thriving on starchy food. But that's to me has been the most, you know. Yeah. Now you crave vegetables. Reward. Yeah. Exactly. I crave vegetables too. Yeah. You, I feel my body yeah. tells me that. Spinach. Now, spinach. Yeah. <laughs> you need to uh, have some nice um, vegetables. Absolutely. So this is an interesting question, I think. What is your view when it comes to health regarding children and food today? Mm. I mean, many children thrive on high carbohydrates and have a lot of sugary snacks and sodas. How do you think that will affect them going forward? It's a very good question. And I want to do more research into kids and children because I don't know enough, to be honest. But what's clear is that, you know, the brains and the bodies of children also get affected by what they eat. It's not like when you're a kid nothing affects you and then you turn 18 and then, you know, yeah. your, your food starts affecting your body. Like, we know that it's a process. We know that children who are five years old can get type 2 diabetes. Mm. This stuff happens, you know. So there are processes happening in the child's body. So I need to do more research on this, but it's a very ripe topic. And you, because you have kids, what has been your experience with that? No, my experience was that when I was young, because I was young in the 80s, and then it was only about if you were skinny or, or yeah. if you gained weight. And I was a skinny child, so no one ever cared about what I had for, you know, I mean, to eat. Um, and um, I would say that um, today it's almost the, it's almost like we parents have forgotten about, uh, I mean, we give ourselves nutritious foods. This is what I experience a lot. And then the children will give unhealthy foods mm. because um, it's like child food mm. in a way. It's considered a child food. So when we give them starchy, sugary food, we ourselves have our salad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it would probably be better if kids ate the same food as we did. Yes, right? but th this is why I, yeah. I've been thinking about it because I also have a horse and a dog. And I mean, I'm so careful with what I give them to eat. Yeah. But often I find myself to, when my children say, I want this, I want that, I find myself to, I mean, give up because uh, it's, uh, you know, okay, you can have that. Yeah, probably because, you know, as you said, like if you see a kid who looks 
quote-unquote normal mm. and who looks quote-unquote healthy whatever that means mm. you know and in the past we're like as long as you're slim it means you're healthy mm. so we kind of forget that it's not the case at all that no. you're you know somebody can be very slim but on the inside have a lot of problems have yeah. a lot of inflammation yeah. have diseases developing like it's not so much a slam dunk anymore uh, which is a really cool development actually yeah because we're realizing even very skinny people can have type 2 diabetes yeah you know so fascinating topic i need to dive into it more because i get asked a lot about it but i don't want to say too much until i know all the research that's out there but it's coming mm. <laughs> so food has a great impact on our glucose glucose spikes but you also sometimes talk about other lifestyle areas that have an effect it's very interesting so so many things have an impact on your glucose levels food being the number one one let's be very clear mm -hmm. like it is the number one thing but so many cool stuff as well so for example if you're female the time of the month so the week before your period you'll get bigger glucose spikes from the same foods mm -hmm. your microbiome your dna how hydrated you are mm -hmm. how tired or rested you are yeah because that you feel I mean, yes. when you're tired, it's <gasps> so much more... So uh, much harder. Yeah, it's so hard and you feel the craving for... Absolutely, and, yeah. absolutely. Also, because when you're tired, you want to feel better. Mm. So you crave things that will give you dopamine, mm. right? When I'm tired, all I want to do is eat spaghetti and cookies. Mm. Like, yeah, nobody can stop me. <laughs> I'm like on a mission, <laughs> a spaghetti cookie mission. And by the way, like I eat spaghetti and cookies if I want to eat spaghetti mm. and cookies. There's no, you know, we're not here to do extreme unsustainable stuff or to cut out entire food groups. But yeah, so when you're tired, the same food is going to make a bigger spike than usual. So you're more likely to create the cravings roller coaster that we all want to get off of. Uh, other things that impact our glucose levels are our muscle mass. Mm. So how much muscle mass you have? how metabolically healthy you are so how close or how far to type 2 diabetes you are that'll impact the shape of a glucose spike um your sex mm. you know your height i mean like it's infinite and that's why if you and i both wore the same continuous glucose monitor and both ate the same food our glucose spikes would look very different mm. i might have a really big spike and you might have a really small spike mm. And we can't really compare your spike and my spike and say who's healthier or whatever. It doesn't really work that way. What's important is to think, okay, no matter what my spikes are, if I use these hacks, they will get smaller and the symptoms will reduce. And that's really what's most important. Thank you for a great interview. Thank I, you for I having hope me. that you have learned a lot. And I could really recommend every one of you to read this book. I mean, it's such a... I, I love all these um, life hacks and also, I mean, it's a lot of information if you want to know more about how it works in the body. Thank you so much, Jesse. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you have listened to the Food Pharmacy Show with Lina Natby and Mia Klase, joined by special guest Jesse Inchospe, aka Glucose Goddess. The podcast is edited by me, Sebastian Ring, and I've also composed all the music. For more food pharmacy content, visit foodpharmacyco.com and follow us on Instagram, food underscore pharmacy.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.